0: are listening to Africa Rights Talk, a Center for Human Rights podcast series hosted by Tatenda Musinahama? Welcome to the conversation. Today we have Ms. Diana Msipa from the Center for Human Rights and we are going to be talking about the right um, to access to justice for persons with disabilities. Diana, welcome. Thank you so much Tatenda for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, Diana, would you mind just um, explaining to the audience what it is that drove you into working with this um, field? Uh, Sure. Um, Well, I have a legal background. I'm from
1: a legal background. So I started off my career in law as a criminal prosecutor. And during my time as a criminal prosecutor, I handled a number of cases that involved witnesses, in particular, with disabilities. And I think those having handled those cases without any uh, prior training or knowledge on disability rights or how to accommodate persons with disabilities, made it clear to me that there was definitely a gap in terms of knowledge on how to assist persons with disabilities to access justice on an equal basis with others. So that is the, the singular thing that I think sparked my interest in this area. So I went on to do a master's degree that focuses on uh, the rights of persons with disabilities, particularly the right to access to justice.
0: Can you describe the nature of your work? with the Disability Rights Unit at the Centre for Human Rights? Certainly. So the unit...
1: The unit's main vision and mission is to address the rights of persons with disabilities on the African continent. And we do this in various ways, uh, such as conducting research on disability rights standards and norms, and also building the capacity of various stakeholders, including governments, national human rights institutions, academia. So the work that the unit does is quite varied uh, in nature. So we have academic programs. I mean, given the fact that the the unit is within uh, housed within the, the faculty of law, we do have academic functions that we fulfill. So we have academic programs such as the Masters in Disability Rights in an African Context, which is actually the very first uh, master's degree on the continent focusing solely on the rights of persons with disabilities and uh, we also have the advanced short course on disability rights in an African context which we offer on an annual basis in March so it's an advanced course that takes place for a week um, and it brings together people from academia, civil society, government and so on and so forth who have an interest in learning about disability rights from a human rights perspective. Um, We also have a publication that is dedicated to um, the rights of persons with disabilities. It's an accredited um, uh, journal known as the African Disability Rights Yearbook. Um, So the aim of the yearbook is to um, encourage as much homegrown African scholarship around uh, African disability rights as much as, as possible. Um, We also hold an annual Disability Rights in Africa conference, which is held every uh, year in November. So this brings together uh, people who are working on disability rights issues. The annual Disability Rights in Africa conference brings together different people from the region. The second thing is that both these instruments require all staff working in the administration of justice to receive a training on how to ensure that persons with disabilities access justice on an equal basis with others.
0: What are the relevant human rights treaties for access to justice for persons with disabilities and how do these treaties really impact the persons with disabilities at local level? To answer your first question
1: on what are the relevant human rights treaties dealing with access to justice, um, I will say that there are two a disability-specific international human rights instruments that provide for the right to access to justice. So at the global level, we have the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, or the CRPD in short. And at the regional level, we have the Protocol to so the African Charter on Human and People's Rights on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities in Africa, in short, the African Disability Protocol. Now, both these instruments uh, provide for the right to access justice in Article 13. So Article 13 of the CRPD is on access to justice, and similarly Article 13 of the African Disability, Rights, Disability Protocol is also on access to justice. Uh, so both of these uh, provisions in these instruments state that all persons with disabilities without exception are entitled to enjoy the right to access to justice on an equal basis with others now these provisions also state how access to justice is to be achieved and the first is through the provision of accommodations so the crpd uh, provides that. Uh, states parties must provide procedural and age-appropriate accommodations. Similarly, the African Disability Protocol states that uh, states parties must provide procedural, age and gender-appropriate accommodations. Um, Just to explain what we mean by accommodations, uh, an accommodation is simply any modification or adjustment to the way things are normally done. So, for example, normally uh, court cases take place in public, right? They are open to the public. Anyone can sit in the gallery and observe the the court proceedings taking place. However, for certain witnesses – they might require an accommodation or an adjustment or modification to that specific procedure by simply by holding those proceedings in private. So that means only allowing the necessary personnel to be in there and no more. So the impact of that accommodation is that it can assist someone to uh, communicate more effectively by eradicating indicating the anxiety that probably is associated with uh, having to speak in front of a number of people. So that is an example of an accommodation that may be made uh, to enable someone to uh, testify effectively in a court of law. So the second requirement is, um, Uh, for access to justice in both of these instruments is the requirement for the training of those working in the administration of justice. So this includes police and prison staff, court staff, anyone who is working in the administration of justice has to receive training on how to provide accommodations in the criminal in the not just the criminal justice system but in every uh, arm of justice every system of justice to ensure that persons with disabilities can participate on an equal basis with others now the african disability protocol Um, has additional requirements that you do not find in the CRPD. Um, The the rationale or the reason for this is because the African Disability Protocol contextualizes uh, the rights issue to the African context, right? So the the additional requirements that are in the African Disability Protocol include the following. First, so states parties are required to ensure that customary law processes are inclusive. So as we all know, in the African uh, legal system, we do have customary law processes. And the CRPD does not reflect on this, but the African Disability Protocol does. To, uh, so states are required to ensure that when they look at the justice system, they also take into account the customary law processes. The second difference or the second requirement that is in the African Disability Protocol, which you do not find in the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, is the requirement for the provision of legal assistance, including legal aid. In our African context, persons with disabilities in particular uh, face a lot of economic hardships, economic challenges and Um, Affording legal counsel is one of the main barriers that persons with disabilities in Africa face. And this is why the the African Disability Protocol has a requirement for the provision of legal assistance, including legal aid. Um, The second part of your question, Tatenda. Um, was what impact does it ha- do these treaties have at local level? Um, just to answer that very simply, I would say that it depends on the place of international law in any given country. Right, so. Um, Some nations, some countries are dualist states, and whilst others are monist states. So the dualist states would require all international treaties to first be domesticated through an act of parliament in order for them to be binding at domestic level. Whereas a monist state uh, is one where the very fact that the government has ratified a, a treaty means that that treaty is directly incorporated into the legal structure of the domestic uh, jurisdiction. And judges, magistrates can directly uh, apply those international treaties. So all of it really depends um, on how um, international law
0: is treated within that specific country. What are the challenges that persons with disabilities face in accessing justice, particularly in the face of the coronavirus pandemic?
1: Um, so persons with disabilities face different types of challenges, as, as you have noted. Um, so, but the, the thing that is important to note before I, I get into this answer is that um, when we speak about persons with disabilities, we are covering Uh, a number of disabilities so we we are speaking about persons with psychosocial disabilities persons with intellectual disabilities persons with visual impairments hearing impairments and so on and so forth right so each individual has unique strengths and and needs so the answer that i'm going to give is going to be more or less generalized but i just want to point out that um There are differences that each individual uh, with a disability will have their unique strengths and unique needs. Having said that, um, the general uh, barriers or challenges that persons with disabilities face include the following. So we have attitudinal barriers. Um, Persons with disabilities face a lot of attitudinal barriers in the sense that people have uh, misconceptions about persons with disabilities, uh, their ability to to be reliable witnesses in court, and so on and so forth. And this barrier affects the way that persons with disabilities are treated, particularly in the criminal justice system. So I will just—I should just point out that I'm speaking here about barriers in general. And then from here, I'm going to move on to the barriers that are specifically related to the COVID-19 pandemic. So the second barrier that persons with disabilities generally face in accessing justice is an accessibility barrier. Here, when we're talking about accessibility, we're talking about the accessibility of the environment as well as the accessibility of information. In some some buildings, for for example, where justice systems are administered, may not be uh, environmentally accessible to persons with disabilities, for example. Uh, A person in a wheelchair might find it difficult to navigate a building that does not have wheelchair ramps or um, lifts for them to use, right? And then on the other hand, we also have an accessibility barrier that is related to accessing information. So the criminal justice system, the civil justice system, and other forms of justice systems are somehow complex, to a certain extent. And information is very important in those systems. And sometimes uh, information is not provided in accessible formats for people. For example, someone accused of a crime might not be given uh, the chart sheet, the witness statements um, in, in braille format or in a format that they can understand. So there's that barrier to, uh, of accessing uh, information. There is also an economic barrier, which I alluded to earlier, um, in the sense that persons with disabilities are not always in a position uh, to access um, legal um, um, advice, quality legal advice, due to economic barriers, economic challenges, and so on and so forth. Um, Another barrier is uh, known as the procedural and legal barriers, so this is where um the procedures themselves um, or the, the the laws themselves may actually act as a barrier. A, a very common example that I normally give of this is um provisions that state that persons with um intellectual and psychosocial disabilities are not competent to act as witnesses in court. So you find that it is in the law um, that certain persons with mental disabilities cannot actually testify in a court of law. Um, and a further barrier that, uh, that persons with disabilities generally face is a communication barrier. Um, persons with uh, uh, hearing and speech impairments may not always have um, sign language interpreters, for example, readily available to assist them to communicate at the different stages in the criminal ju- in the justice system. <laughs> I keep referring to the criminal justice system, but we need to think about it more more broadly, the justice system in general. And the final general barrier is the. Um, lack of, I think I already referred to this, but the lack of accessible information. Now, in terms of um, barriers that have arisen specifically as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic um, is, as you know, as you are aware, um, governments across the world have asked people to stay at home. They have instituted lockdowns and asked people to stay at home. So justice systems, including in South Africa, are resorting to the use of technology to hear cases, for example, um, and also to even postpone cases that may have already uh, begun. So the problem here with with pers- for persons with disabilities is sometimes they do not have access to computers, uh, telephones. Um, uh, mobile phones, uh, smartphones that they can use, or even internet or a, wi- a reliable Wi-Fi connection to enable them to to partake of, of in, in 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 these processes. So that's one challenge. Um, the other challenge in respect of t- t- uh, technology is that. Uh, the technology may not be accessible to, to certain persons with um, disabilities. For example, the use of closed captioning for persons with hearing impairments or the availability of sign language interpreters um, for, uh, for persons with speech and hearing impairments. So the to use of technology, yes, is uh, a, a solution, to a certain extent, but it does present certain challenges for persons with disabilities. Um, another a specific ch- uh, challenge that has arisen as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic is the escalation of domestic violence. Um, uh, so I think you will have heard in recent media reports that domestic violence is on the rise. Now for persons with disabilities, um, violence and abuse is generally higher uh, than, uh, in, in comparison to persons without disabilities. So even in the, 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 the COVID, during the, the lockdown period, persons with disabilities are also being subjected to abuse at a higher rate than normal. And so this is another challenge that is also arising for persons with disabilities. Um, and uh, the the final challenge, I think, which is directly connected to the COVID nineteen pandemic is the lack of access to information i think as you will know you know the government is keep sending out information about the diff- the levels that we're on what what is allowed on level 4 uh, in level 4 lockdown what is allowed in level 3 and so on and so forth right so the information on on the covid-19 pandemic is rapidly evolving and affecting many areas of life so information is vital at this time but however information is not always available to persons with disabilities in accessible formats I get a number of texts on my phone uh, from the government with um, advice on stay at home you know maintain social distancing and so on and so forth but I can imagine uh, for persons with disabilities who don't perhaps don't have access to a mobile phone or perhaps are not able to access this kind of information how left behind they
0: are in terms of access to information mm-hmm. so let's suppose that in the in an incident where there's violence like you pointed out earlier, are there additional barriers in terms of accessing police stations because already there are travel regulations, travel restrictions, how much does this impact the right to report cases and for those cases to be be heard and tried in a fair and just manner? Okay,
1: um, so the, I think there is a significant impact on the ability to report. I think it, we must note in the beginning, right from the start, that the ability of persons with disabilities to report is generally uh, problematic, even without uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, in the sense that most of the the, the violence is perpetrated by people, who are in a carer role or a support role. So family members, persons who are uh, providing care to persons with disabilities. So you find that th- these are people that they rely on for assistance. They rely on them for for for, for help on to, to just perform daily activities. So with the COVID-19 pandemic, there's also the issue of Okay, Uh, traveling, right, traveling to a police station. In the case where the the perpetrator is someone who is within your home, you're going to need their assistance to go and report. And with the restrictions on travel, I think that also makes it uh, quite difficult for persons with disabilities to go and report uh, any such cases. I will say, however, that particularly in South Africa, the courts are, allowing cases to be heard, um, and they are allowing only people who are material in the case to to attend court. Um, And so there is this possibility, but also let us bear in mind that persons with disabilities often require assistance from other people, and it becomes uh, much more difficult when there's travel restrictions, it becomes much more difficult when the person that they're relying on could possibly be uh, the person who is perpetrating that violence. So there is a need to, to definitely look into uh, the situation of persons with disabilities, specifically in relation to domestic violence and abuse.
0: So what are some of the recommendations that you would um, proffer for advancing access to justice for persons with um, disabilities, generally speaking, and particularly in light of the pandemic?
1: Okay. Um, So the very first recommendation I I I think would be to provide accessible information. Um, As I already mentioned earlier, you know, the the COVID-19 pandemic has made it necessary for us to access information very quickly as the situation is changing rapidly. So it's important that uh, we don't leave persons with disabilities out and in order to do so, we need to provide information in accessible formats that persons with different types of disabilities can access. Um, Secondly, I would say that we also need Inclusive decision-making platforms, right? Um, so, f- I would I would suggest that persons with disabilities, organisations of persons with disabilities, be consulted um, in terms of decision-making about uh, um, how to keep people safe, particularly persons with disabilities safe during the the pandemic. I think including persons with disabilities in decision-making is particularly important just to, for example, understand how IT solutions uh, can be inclusive. You would need to involve persons with disabilities in that specific discussion. Um, The other recommendation that I would have is that In light of the fact that persons with disabilities do rely on other people for support, uh, we should take into account the fact that family members and caregivers should continue to provide support to persons with disabilities, specifically uh, when it comes to going to court, um, anything that is related to the uh, justice system. Yes. Um, so these are, I think, the, the recommendations that, that, that I would offer. Um, they're probably not exhaustive, as this is still a new pandemic and the exact impact on access to justice is still being assessed. But from, from, what, from the information that we have available at the moment, these are the recommendations that I would make.
0: Um, Would you have any concluding remarks or any other things you'd like to say as far as access to justice is concerned?
1: I would say um, that it is important for us to take into account the fact that training needs to be carried out. Um, Access to justice is still relatively new. Uh, particularly in relation to persons with disabilities, the provision of accommodations is still a relatively new concept. And I think that it is important to take seriously the need to train uh, personnel in the justice system on how to ensure that persons with disabilities can access justice on an equal basis with others. Oh, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: This has been Africa Rights Talk with me, Tatenda Musina Hamai. Join us in our other episodes as we continue to explore other human rights issues.